I'm a contrarian. So I, I went into the dirtiest, cheapest part of downtown Shenzhen that like nobody wanted to go to. And I put a bar inside of it. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Episode 152 here. We are at Global from Asia in the last month of 2016 in December. I just love the end of the year and always just a time to reflect. I for one thing, I'm excited for next year. A few other podcaster friends and I are getting together and launching a network. We have named it asiapodcastnetwork.com and it's going to help each other cross-promote, build relationships, more content and and new ideas. So you can check that out at asiapodcastnetwork.com and stay tuned. You can also see the other current members in that network. Uh, They all have great shows, other podcasts, and you might enjoy too if you haven't heard of them. For those of you on our Global From Asia newsletter, we have a weekly newsletter. You might have seen the survey I sent out and I have been reading everybody's feedback. Some has been a little bit brutal, but I know it's tough love. I know you're trying to get me to build up my confidence and get better and, uh, and build up this business. So one thing I did see quite a lot was that that we have so much amazing content it's just not categorized enough so it kind of made me think about what's our three main categories and I kind of broke it down to business corporate and lifestyle so we sorted the 300 plus posts we have between the blogs and the podcasts and uh, kind of categorized those to make site surfing just a little bit easier for everybody so I hope that helps you can go to globalfromasia.com slash business slash corporate or slash lifestyle to check those out and be able to dive deeper into the content. Okay, and now for this week's show, we have Joe Fink, a pioneer in the craft brew front here in China, and he shares with us his journey opening for business, Bionic Brew, his business here in Shenzhen, China, run-ins with the police, some opening and closings of locations, and other boots-on-the-ground advice for other entrepreneurs. So I think this is a really valuable one, and let's listen in. All right, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We have with us a a pretty cool guest. I'm excited. Um, So Joe and I, we we met in Beijing, I remember, at a startup event. And I remember talking to you, you were just on the way, moving from Beijing to, to Shenzhen, and that was back in 2012, I believe, or so. And uh, time has just been flying. So so thanks thanks for coming on the show, Joe. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it has been a while. I don't think it was 2012, but it has been at least three plus years. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. I can't, yeah, I kind of lose track of the years as they go. But uh, so, so do you mind uh, giving the listeners a quick introduction of yourself, Joe? Yeah. Um, loose background kind of grew up uh, a lot of different places, um, born in Kansas, but grew up mostly on the East coast and in Europe. And, um, after high school, joined the army, jumped out of planes for a few years, then went to college. And then after college, it was, I was graduating like late 2005. Uh, A lot of people were talking about China back then. And I kept asking, you know, everyone had an opinion, but every time I asked it, they'd actually been there. It was always no, I never met anyone who actually been there. So um, around 2006, about the middle of the year, I started um, originally in France 
and then work my way overland through kind of the Baltics and then Russia and Mongolia and into China and then um, taught English for a year or just under a year, about a year, and then headed back to the U.S. and then came back again to China years later for a scholarship program from the the Chinese government had helped me or wanted, you know, paid for my master's degree, which I had actually dropped out of because I had started another company while I was in school and moved to Dublin and then ran that company for a few years and then ultimately came back to China and for the third time in 2012 and had been homebrewing years before I'd ever come to China. And so I kind of started to put it all together, homebrewing and my next business and something that I, you know, really wanted to do. And so I ended up opening a brewery in uh, Shenzhen. Very cool. Yeah. So I guess when we met in Beijing, I'm just, you were, you were kind of then just getting into China or just kind of getting a business started and Maybe why did you pick Shenzhen? I'm curious. Um, well, I lived in Beijing for a couple of years, and I'd worked uh, just part-time at a brewery up there uh, called Great Leap uh, Brewing. And, and I'm, I worked – I mean, as I was a full-time student and working on my master's, and I, and I had my, my software company. And so at Great Leap, I worked at one or two days a week at the most uh, back in like 2011. And, you know, just pulling pints type stuff. And when I decided I wanted to do my own, I really like Beijing as a city, but I didn't like the, the weather or the pollution. And I know that because it's not my first business. I know that's going to take a long time to get where I want to be, to get the business um, and, you know, to fit to my vision. So I thought about, like, where do I want to live and where would I where can I um, breathe the air and, and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, I had never been to Shenzhen, actually. I had never visited there. I had never been on a visa run. I had never set foot in Guangdong province or Hong Kong before I showed up on the first day with all my stuff. And I just kind of picked it um, based on demographics, pollution, quality of life, uh, access to Hong Kong, and uh, which means to me access to Hong Kong means you know, also there's, there's, you know, great hiking and beaches and all that stuff, but it's, it gives me access to ingredients and supplies and the supply chain that many people can't get. Um, you know, I can get, I can get certain ingredients that people in Beijing can only dream of getting because I'm so close to the border. Cool. Very cool. This it's yeah. I mean, you kind of hit the same points, I think for me and my, my decision making at that time, at that time in my life, uh, you know, I was doing a, doing a startup and I met my, well, my now, my soon to be wife. And, uh, she was trying to convince me to go to Beijing, live, stay in Beijing because she was based there and a lot of others, but a lot of other people trying to convince me. But I have a lot of the similar points as you do about picking down here in Shenzhen. So that's really cool to hear. And, uh, so yeah, with, with Bionic, you know, I, I think it's kind of becoming almost, uh, at least in Shenzhen or in the South, or at least in my, in my network is becoming like a, a synonym of craft beer. So you're, you're definitely doing a great job here with, with your brand and, and, uh, your business, maybe a little bit of kind of like craft. Am I correct? I don't want to make mistakes with craft beer. Is that what you guys are you know known for? Or is that the mission or maybe a little bit about the, about the, the trends and, and the brand? Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, thanks for noticing. I know that the team works really hard to make sure that um, we stand for something. And uh, as a young company, you know that evolves over time. You have an idea what it is, but it, um, it depending on who's working in the company, that those those 
ideas can can shift slightly or or a lot depending on how how it evolves. But yeah, I think we I mean we we are first and foremost a craft brewery. Um, we started off making beer. Uh, we make, um, I think pretty good beer. We won some local awards for our beer. Um, it holds up, I think about against most of the other good craft beers made and in, in China or imported to China for that matter. But we also do, we're a little bit unique where we've had pretty heavy focus through just my own interest on some non-alcoholic, um, things that we make. Like we make some, uh, Yerba Mate soda that's become kind of, uh, popular um no alcohol on that it's um it's healthy for you it's energetic it's it's akin to the club mate of germany if there's any you know people are familiar with that drink because i used to live in uh, berlin 12 years ago east berlin and i had seen stuff over there and i was like okay i I like that Uh, we also make uh, kombucha which is a really healthy fermented another fermented tea but this one's done naturally and you know, that's on the drink side. So now the tea, you know, the, the beers are 95% probably of our, of what we, people come in for, but we do have non-alcoholic stuff, um, due to my own preferences. And, and I think some, some preferences of the local community, eventually we'll be moving into food, but so far out of the two, uh, tap rooms that we have, having a kitchen wasn't, wasn't, uh, something we could do. So we've, we've sort of not taken on that yet. Um, but we will at some point. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked your kombucha. You, uh, you sponsored our cross border summit last, last time. It was, it was great. You, you came yourself and enjoyed, I hope. And also, uh, yeah, had some, definitely some great beverages. So I, I personally enjoyed that one. And so you kind of lead to the next story of, or next topic of venues, uh, or locations. And earlier you were talking about, uh, you know, you knew it would take a long time. So, uh, I know that with business, especially probably in China, but anywhere, you know, it always takes time. So I know I've been to a few of your locations. It's been, I don't even want to know if I correct. I'm thinking like five. You've gone through some of, some of them, you know, and you have WeChat groups and, you know, you're very entrenched in the local community. So I, sometimes I follow these groups earlier. I remember there was landlord problems or, or at least maybe noise problems. And maybe your first by Suzhou district area, you know, you, and now you have a pop-up venue just just a couple weeks ago in Sheko. So yeah, what's, so we've what's had the strategy. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, strategy to be honest is um, secondary to necessity, and I think that you know we have a strategy and we try to stick to it. But there's also just China's going to throw some some curveballs at you, and most people, unfortunately, I think don't learn how to kind of hit those. And like in our instance, you know, we've had five bars, but only two are open. And it wasn't because any of them didn't make money. Um, the reason is because, you know, first of all, we would rather be distributing beer to other bars. It's not like we want to be in the bar business, but for legal reasons and licensing reasons, we are opening these bars or tap rooms just to get us to where we need to be. So we can distribute to other bars. So, the first place we opened, I mean, when we were, we were basically the first to do, I was the first person to do craft beer. I'm a one man or was a one man show. So I showed up, I brewed the beer, I, I rented the location, I, I bar, it was the bartender, the, the glass washer, the IE, the, the everything, yeah. um, in the very beginning. And so I need something very, very cheap. Um, I have no money, uh, to do this. 
And I also, the market hadn't been done yet in Shenzhen. So you're like, kind of like, well, do people want this? Is it something that people are going to spend the kind of, this kind of money on because it's a premium product? Um, and there was just all these variables. So I picked, um, plus I like to be, I'm a contrarian. So I, I went into the dirtiest, <laughs> cheapest part of downtown Shenzhen that like nobody wanted to go to. And I put a bar inside of it um, with no toilet and no furniture. And I was like, well, maybe they'll come. And they did, you know, like seriously from the first day. And it became quite popular and it became a little too popular. And ultimately the first one uh, was shut down by the police kicking in the door three months later, um, sort of raiding it because we were officially, I never got a reason. I imagine it's because we were just too loud, but there might've been some other issues there, but I mean, we were legal. We were doing the best we could, but when you're that, I mean, we were really packed out. And so we ended up moving a few months later to another part of Baisher Joe. And this time I partnered with um, a friend of mine who has a pizza shop, a chain of pizza shops actually. And he's been in Shenzhen a long time. And so I had a bit more, I don't know how to say it. Like I assumed I'm good to go now because I have a guy sort of taking me under his wing. And so we spent a little bit more money on renovating a place and we made it nice. Again, it was in a back alley that most people would never venture down. But um, not two months later, we were, you know, raided and shut down uh, right after we had thrown the first uh, annual or the inaugural Shenzhen Craft Beer Fest. Wow. And we're like, well, damn, there goes all of our money. Um, And so I I was like, well, uh, I'll find something else. So I was looking at another part of the city and I found it in Shuiwei. And I did find a place there, and I rented it, and I was going to put a bionic there. And then um, the guy, um, my, um, let's say, partner location, he's not a partner in the business, but the guy who owns the pizza shop, uh, he wanted to try working together again. And um, basically, basically, our partnership is quite simple. I mean, he sort of does his, his kitchen, his food thing. I do the tap room, and we we cohabitate, but we don't really share in each other's businesses. And, um, it works, you know, cause we kind of complement each other Cool. and he decided, he's like, let's do it one more time and buy sure Joe. Um, and I had, um, I said, okay, well let's do that one there. But I already had this place, other place in Shuiwei and that became a, another thing called mash, which is like a burger and craft beer bar, uh, which I'm no longer a part of, but cause I didn't want to have two bionics going simultaneously. And so now we've got the, um, the, the third one in buy sure Joe, which has been open for more than a year. And then we recently opened a pop-up in, Sherco, which we did that because there was an opportunity to do that and not because we had like this grand vision of going there. It's only going to be there for seven months and then we're going to close it down. But you know what I mean? Like there's things like I want to be in certain districts. I want to be in certain kind of foot traffic areas, but what happens based off how much money I have or what kind of curveballs the police throw at me, um, kind of dictate sometimes like, well, how am I going to react? And what's important is just staying alive. Right. Uh, keep going forward. And so we would take some, some really weird locations and some really off the wall shots sometimes, but it's worked so far. Really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the story, right? I mean, you came in here ready, ready for these kind of issues or, you know, you know, uh, hurdles rather than kind of getting, letting them just get to you. You just keep on, keep on going, which is what it takes for sure. Especially, especially in China. So maybe 
you mentioned license or maybe you mentioned everything was legal. I'm sure people are always afraid or you know, I talk to tons of people. They find me on online and they ask me about licenses for all these different types of things they want to do and um, approvals. And it's, it's, you know, I guess anywhere in the world, especially with, with consumables like beer or, or, or other things, there's probably a lot to it. I mean, I don't know how much you're able to or want to share, but um, you know, if there's some people, especially entrepreneurs, like, you know, you, you're definitely an entrepreneur and a bootstrapper and, so there's always these kind of people that want to validate first or just do it and then then do it the right way or or do you think they should kind of get everything legal before launching? Well, I'm a big I'm a big believer in um I guess you use the term validate first, but I would just say getting shit done. And like I don't licensing and legal is important, but in my first business, you know, we had little bit of VC backing. We were an accelerator program. You know, we, we did, we kind of lived the dream. A lot of start, uh, startups want to live, you know, we've got access to, I don't remember name some of the funds anymore, like Sequoia or, or, um, I don't know, some of those, those guys that have offices in London and, and Silicon Valley and all that stuff, uh, Excel partners, and all that kind of stuff. And I realized we spent a lot of money on legal that I didn't need to spend. And so the next time I did as little as possible and I'm also, I don't have a partner, so I don't have to worry about anybody screwing me over, right? Yep. Which maybe if you do, you might want to work that out amongst the two of you, but I didn't have that issue. So it was just being legal with the government, not sort of between me and someone else. So I say just get started. And then once you you get going, I mean, then you need to quickly – you need to know how to go legal. You know, you need to have that plan mapped out in advance. Say, I need this paperwork. It takes one month to get it or whatever. But have it in your mind, but don't let it rule kind of the product yeah, I like or that. the service or whatever. Yeah. I like that advice. So you kind of mentioned business model earlier. So, so it seems like the venue is just a way to distribute or maybe build your brand. Whereas I think your long-term or your, your real business model is selling, selling the product. Yeah. The real, the real business model is, um, you know, pushing the product to other distribution channels. So other bars, restaurants, uh, online, that kind of thing, not just beer, but the other, the other beverages as well. But we have the, the, the bars as, as a show room, sort of buy an iPod online or you can buy direct, you know, go to one of their, their own stores and you get a different experience, right? Depending on where you're getting it, but you get the same product. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. So, so now, now you got these, uh, are you, I guess you've been doing for a while beer fest events. So I, I think you've had three. We just had two. one. We had two. two. Two now. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry I missed this last one. I really wanted to make it just to f- everybody on the show knows about my kids. So <laughs> it's just t- tough with my family. But uh, I saw great pictures and I heard great things from a lot of friends. So so these are maybe you can just give people an idea of these beer fests and what's happening. Yeah. So this is the second one we did. We do them every once a year. Um, they are kid friendly, by the way, a lot of kids came, a lot of strollers, a lot of dogs. Uh, our festival is a little bit different than a lot of other beer festivals in, at least in Asia. Uh, most of them in Asia are pretty much vehicles just, just to move large quantities of Carlsberg, Heineken, Qingdao, Tiger, that kind of stuff. Um, we take a different approach. I take a different approach, you know, as the organizer, it's kind of nice you get to dictate all terms. And so we, you know, require that the beer must be made with Chinese water. So it has to be made in in the country, it has to be a small local independent um, craft brewery, 
And that's really kind of helped the vibe. It's a lot different than, than a lot of other festivals, you know, where, of course, you know, people are drinking and stuff and people, some drink a lot or whatever, but it's not like the main thing. You know, we have like really great local music. We have, you know, we brought people from all over the country this year down as far as like selling and, and buying. Okay. So it's a little bit different, like from other festivals, like the, that are also great. It's just different. Okay. Yeah. And so this is, this is more for branding. I know I, I saw some of my, my friends there, like, uh, yeah, from of course, local, locally, um, but also around, around China, different, different breweries and, and bars. So, so that's great. And so maybe what's, what's your, what's your long-term goal? So it's been going now for a few years and what, what, what's the strategy for bionic or is it, and I know you have other, is that the sole brand or you have, is there other brands that you're, you're building or maybe I just like to hear. No, I take it one at a time. I don't have any plans for, for any other brands at this point. I think just hailing the one is enough. It was kind of, you know, for a while I did have two um, because I had a, another uh, place, but that's no longer, um, I don't have that anymore. And I think that's kind of a, a good thing because you can you know, you can only focus on one thing at a time. True. True. Agreed. Okay. Uh, long-term. Yeah, go ahead. Long-term, you know, I don't really have a full fleshed out plan. Uh, I know that I have some, some, basically some ideas on what could happen but i don't say like this is going to happen this is the way or, or anything like that it's like okay it could go this way this way or this way these are positives and negatives of each one uh, let's see what comes up first okay well, yeah i mean i think that's good i've i talked to a lot of people some people have just like a three month six month plan outline you know and then their long-term like kind of like kind of like vision or ideas but yeah nothing, just uh especially in china sometimes it's hard how about so you're do you do export, or you if you focus on domestic China sales and marketing distribution, or? Yeah, so we <clears throat> that's again we're a little different in that regard. Where so we're so small that it doesn't really matter at this point. We can't really distribute to the accounts that we want to. We already have more demand than we have supply, but we're solving that as we you know currently that problem. And as we increase the supply, we. St- Still, I don't have any plans to really go outside, definitely not outside of China and probably not even outside of the province because, you know, I, the, the, the market, although China is huge, the market is small. So that's something important to think, you know, like people are like, oh, there's this many people there. But like, yeah, but how many people are actually going to buy it? And there's not many people yet to do that. So, but even though that's true, it will grow um, phenomenally over the next, uh, my lifetime. So, uh, but we're going to focus mostly on Guangdong. I feel that um, our our product is perishable. You know, it's it's not like um, some sort of electronic device that you can mail anywhere. I mean, really, you need to consume it within 90 days. And currently, our I don't think it lasts more than 30 days for most of our product. It's so fresh, which is which is great. But um, you know, as we increase the supply, we'll still probably keep it kind of local in the province. Okay, interesting and. So just kind of getting getting towards the end of my questions here. Uh, so j- how can people find you? Are you? I know you have a website. Or what's the best way, channels for you know people to find you and, and Bionic? Uh, you can always email me, uh, which is pretty easy. Joe, uh, J-O-E at BionicBrew.com. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and I, I can be kind of slow to get back to them sometimes, but uh, particularly now when I'm on vacation. But yeah, uh, yeah. usually it's within a few days. Or through our Facebook, if you go through Bionic Brew on Facebook for 
Um, we keep a Facebook and Instagram for international clients because we know that they they use those a lot. Although in China, they're basically useless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to our life. We no internet here. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and yeah, thanks, thanks, Joe. I, I know you also uh, spon- sponsored a lot of startup events uh, locally. A few I've been involved with, and and also like I mentioned, Cross Border Summit, and and there's other other events happening in the area. So so thanks for that, and uh, I look forward, to, you know, cooperating. And I'm starting to already plan April, so hopefully we can do some get you out there for October 14th and 15th in Shenzhen, uh, Cross Border Summit, second one. So. Cool, man. The, the community has always been good to us, and so we always tried. I mean, we're not like we can't go start giving out tons of free beer all the time, but like we is whatever we can do, we try to do. Cool. Um, cool. All right, Joe. Um, so thanks, thanks again for sharing, especially on your your U.S. holiday, and uh, enjoy enjoy the rest of your time stateside. All right, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for the 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 call and everything, and uh, have a nice day and. Uh, Wherever you are, Shenzhen, Hong Kong, I'm not certain yeah. where you are right now. I'm right same on place, the border. Really. Yeah, okay. same place. All right, Joe. All right, man. Thank you, Joe. I loved the tip about just doing it. And, you know, while some people might get in trouble doing that, you should know what you're getting yourself into and know what's required to do it totally correctly. But just keep making moves going in that right direction going forward and not being frozen, stuck in the headlights uh, like a deer in headlights. So I know it's nerve wracking about what could happen if the police or, you know, governments or other things find out you're making mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. But you just got to be ready. You know, being an entrepreneur is tough, especially an entrepreneur on your outside of your own country and especially being a foreigner in China. But you just got to do it. You just got to be ready to get some bruises and be prepared and keep on learning and stay positive. So thank you, Joe, for your support. Also, he supported us at our first cross-border summit last year, which was really awesome. Came out to and attended. And he's uh, he and I are talking about cross-border summit, our second one, for April 14th and 15th, 2017 in Shenzhen, China. So all you listeners, check it out. Crossbordersummit.com. Let's make it happen. And I hope to see you guys there. Enjoy the rest of your week. Take care. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.